welcome. This series is hosted by Alexander Strathdee and Rashav Kanal, two seniors from Virginia Tech who combined have interviewed with the top Fortune 500 companies, including Google, Microsoft, LinkedIn, Amazon, and many more. They received multiple job offers before locking in their final one. Learn about all of the skills, the tips, and tricks. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to present to you Rashad Pinal and Alexander Strathy. Welcome back, everyone. This is Alex. This is Rashad. Today, we are talking about resumes. Now, if you're listening to this and you find that you still have one that resembles something that you applied to college with, that's okay. We don't mean to intimidate you. We're just going to give you some tips some tricks, show you what it looks like to develop that resume. I remember when I went to my freshman year career fair, I showed up with a two-page resume, gave it to a recruiter at Boeing. He looked at it, he ripped off the back page and was done with me. I remember how heartbreaking that was. And I don't want you to have to feel that way, whether you're an incoming freshman or even going into your sophomore or junior year. Let's work through and make sure that you have the best resume possible. You can, you can come a long way. Rashad's yeah. <laughs> joke that my resume resembled something of a Kroger grocery list when I was coming into to university. It was, it was just a laundry list of participation trophies and certifications. All right, all right moving on. Hey, I've, yeah. accom- I've accomplished more now. Okay. Yeah. All right, so first, we're going to touch on various resume styles and formats, why you might want to use each one. We're going to go into the top section, things to include in that top section, address. Maybe you don't include that, that address. We're going to talk about that. The academics, the age-old argument of do you put the university at the top or the bottom. Accomplishments, which is something I like to include on mine. It's a section that I think makes you stand out, but we'll talk about why you might want to include that. Then we're going to talk about professional experience, which is how I like to call that experience column. If everything in there is professional, if not, maybe you stick with experience. We'll touch on that too. We'll go on to if you have an activity section, which Rashab does. So we'll definitely touch on that. Go into some stories of how to take a job overview that you're given as an employee and turn that into a few bullet points, show value you provide on your resume, and then go into the expertise section down at the bottom. End with how to utilize your resume best. Just a couple tricks on how to include it in networking. We're super excited to get into it. Let's start it off. Rashab, touch on various resume styles, formats. Why would you want to use traditional? one versus one that's more funky has some colors with resumes there is no one-stop shop to what's right and what's wrong it is a totally subjective matter and it really depends on the industry that you're vying for so with marketing it's really about your aesthetics and your creative it's your brand that you're putting out there that might entail that you throw some different fonts really throw eye-catching techniques within your resume to make yourself stand out from the noise compared to an industry where the role is a little bit more operational such as hr finance IT, which is what we're striving for. And when we say those traditional resumes, quote unquote, we mean the typical black and white one page standard documents that you guys are all used to seeing. It doesn't have to be boring. Depends on what you write. We're not boring dudes. We got some spunk. Tailor your resume to who you are but use these tips as a general overview when you're developing the value that you want to show to a recruiter. Let's go into the top section real quick. Now, some people have asked me, do I include my address in that top section? It's not a to or to not include. It is depending on your situation. If you're applying to a position that's local, you want to show that it's easy for you to either understand the culture or it is easy for you to make that transition into the working force because you live in that area, then include that address. If you're applying to a position across the country, they do not give a crap that you live in some place in Northern Virginia. That does not matter in this case. So I would stick with if the address applies to what you're applying to, you include it. And if you want to go for a more regional firm that is definitely 
know you know for sure that they cannot supply you with housing for those internship opportunities and you want to show that there's a regional fit, definitely highlight that so that it is easier on them as well as it is easier on you to make that commute possible. That's some good reasoning, Rashad. In that top section, instead of the address, I like to include a link to my LinkedIn. When you make a PDF, if there's a functioning link in that PDF, that will automatically become a clickable link. So say a recruiter is viewing it on their computer, they can then click on that. It'll take you directly to your LinkedIn. Now make sure that that link isn't something like LinkedIn-SamuelJacobson12H6. You want to make sure it's clean. Go to the top right of LinkedIn. You can click on edit public profile and URL. And then up at the right there, it'll give you a way to cut that down to just your name and the LinkedIn. Now, transitioning into academics, this is kind of where it gets a little bit tricky. And we talked about the subjective nature of resumes is whether or not you want to include your education or university at the top or you want to leave that top section for something more prevalent and then push that down towards the bottom. I am in favor of the fact that if you have a high GPA and the fact that your school is a big school, leave it up at the top. Make sure that everyone that can see that your your university has a big network, such as if you go to the University of Alabama, you have a 3.7 GPA, highlight it, show it up there. A couple other things about that academic area. For Dean's List, if you've gotten it multiple semesters, they don't care spring 2016, spring 2018, just say multiple semesters. If you've got it only once, just say Dean's List. That's fine. Also, make sure to put your minor up on there. If you have multiple degrees or a dual degree, make sure to include the first degree as the one that's most relevant to that position you're applying to. Let's move on to a section I love to include right at the top there, draw people's attention, even bold font, the only bullets that are bold on my resume, accomplishments. I have my three, I'm going to read them off real quick, and then I'll tell you why I chose these three. First one, automated a key business process after developing an understanding for the program financials using BBA to analyze financials data from four different sources, which allowed the strategy team to more effectively identify and analyze cost variances. Promoted to a managerial position within a multi-million dollar startup by humanizing data, which improved targeted outreach and led to an increase in the customer base of over 80%. Third, led and managed service projects for a professional business fraternity as vice president of community service, which led to greater community outreach by developing a partnership impacting more than 100 youth. First bullet point, I want the person to know that I am going to come into a company, not just do my role that I'm assigned, I'm going to do that well too, but I'm also going to look for efficiencies, business processes that I can use technology and apply to fixing that issue. As a BIT major, that's key to me. For yourself, look for something that applies to the position that you're looking for and show that you're really going to provide value to that company. Second one, the promotion within the startup, that is all about being given a lot of responsibility and succeeding. I want the recruits to know that about me. The third one, I want them to know that I'm going to come in and make an impact. I'm also human, and I want to improve society as a whole. When a recruiter looks at these three statements, they're going to know that I am hardworking, responsible with a lot of tasks at hand, and also care about the people around me. This whole resume is your messaging device to that recruiter to show that you're going to provide value. I think that's a great first step when a recruiter looks at your resume. This is what I want them to see first, and then they can get into the nitty gritty. This is also a great place where if you haven't had that strong 
professional experience in an internship or another job. You can include school research, those school projects that you've done that have really had an impact in this accomplishment section. Now, as an underclassman, we understand that when you're applying for these positions that are mainly for juniors, your best way to stand out is to show that although you're early in your college career and you haven't been through some of those core classes, you'll still go in, learn quickly, and have an impact in their company or organization. All right, Rashav, let's go into professional experience. I include this as professional experience. You include it just as experience. I think that once you've had enough positions working for professional organizations, this can turn into just professional experience. And I even throw the fact that I've been a leader in one of my college organizations in this section because that's also professional experience. Rashab, let us know what you think about experience. Like Alex mentioned, professional experience for me is all about knowing what you did, what tools you used, and the impact that you had on the overall company. And that's done they're using those action verbs. Those action verbs leads to you taking ownership of those bullet points. When you show somebody that resume, you are showing them that I can be accountable and I can be an owner of those tasks. And some of these action verbs includes led, directed, authored, implemented, created, identified. And it's really about thinking big picture because that job application needs to get past multiple gatekeepers. Take a look at those job listings you're interested in and identify those key terms and phrases that routinely pop up. If you have those skills or you're exposed to that industry or process, incorporate them in your resume. You can add them into a core competency section or inc incorporate them throughout the work experience section. So you're not just regurgitating that job description, but rather, like we mentioned, you're taking ownership of that task and showing what extra value you added by doing so. The easiest way to do that is to include numbers and dates. No one can argue with those. You made an improvement. You can easily quantify those accomplishments that you made. And it's the easiest thing for a hiring manager as well to pick up on and relay back to everybody else who's going to make those decisions to hire you. Absolutely, Rashab. And also the number of bullet points that you have under each of these positions depends on things that you had the most impact in. If you were a lifeguard and you can sum up the impact that you had in that position in two lines, which we'll give you later then save that space for something else that you had more impactful work in. You don't have to have a uniform three points for each position. I would focus on what you've had the most impact in and elaborate using that extra space. If you did something for a company that's smaller than, like I said, these other companies you might have worked for or, or a smaller position, squeeze out the juice in that. Combine those six points down into just two points, into just three points. Everything that you have on your resume should tell you something different than what has already been said or be a strong reinforcement for something that you've said, not just saying the same thing when that recruiter goes to see your resume. When it comes to margins and you found that you're running out of room, feel free to play with those margins a little bit. Now, when it comes down to white space or too wordy, this is important because you want it to be readable where the recruiter, it's not reading through a novel to figure out who you are, but it also has enough detail to explain to them the value that you're going to provide. Rashab, give us your opinion on that. It's all about knowing how you can position yourself in an area of showing your value yet again. And if the recruiting or the hiring manager has to do that, you've kind of failed at that initial task of saying, hey, I'm the right candidate for you if they have to flush out all the noise that you have in your resume by making it too wordy. Squeeze out the juice. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll move on there. So now we've talked about that professional section. For me personally, I then like to transition into the clubs and organizations I'm a part of 
and I include them in my activity sections. I know all of us, freshman year, we joined all those clubs and organizations that gave us free pizza or those free garbs. But if you're just a member that did nothing, stray away from putting those in your resume because if, it, if a hiring manager were to ask you about it and the only thing that you can really attest to is the fact that you attend meetings, it's not really providing much value there. I think another good thing to include in the activity section is your hobbies. These are true passions you had either in high school that transferred over into college or things you've been very passionate about in college. Maybe fishing, hunting, you know, second best shotgun shooter in the state. That says something about your drive and your ability to be good at something. Now, to give you guys the actual meat of what that looks like, we're going to be walking through examples of how do we break these actionable items down into something that we can talk about in our resumes. Alex, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and kick this off. Sure. So I have a really good friend who has lifeguard on his resume. Initially, they had the like just responsibilities that are shown when you sign up, when you apply to the job, they show you what you're going to be doing. This includes including ensuring the effective and safe operation of pool facility, as well as safeguarding and regulating the conduct of pool patrons to prevent unsafe practices and accidents, notes possible patrons in distress and effects. Da, 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 da. You get the point, right? This is rattling off the specific core things that you've done, but this doesn't tell a recruiter that's looking at this much about yourself at all. So based on this, we then refined down into the experiences that he had in that position. Do not copy and paste just from a job description. Here's what we turned it into. Witnessed change management and helped to implement new strategies. Performed specific life-saving roles to highest degree of execution based on intense personal undertaking of responsibilities. Developed desirable traits in countless new candidates based on superior understanding and execution of roles as pointed out by upper-level management. So what these three different points do, the first one talks about how you're willing to go with the flow with a company. The business world is changing. Technology is changing. It's good to be mobile. It's good to be flexible. This is telling a boss that his role can evolve and he's going to evolve with it and actually be a catalyst for that evolution. That second one shows that he takes a huge degree of pride in the execution of his roles. Something, again, that's transferable to the position he's going into. And that last one, developing desirable traits in new candidates, shows that he can also then be held accountable to pass these traits on to others and help others in his organization succeed. So this is how you turn just a generic, here's the roles that you'll be doing, and pull out meat. Look for ways that you can transfer skills through the eyes of a recruiter into that company that they work for. But it's not you lying or you're not exaggerating. Again, you're showing the value that you had, right? And and just to kind of break that down again, I'm sure a lot of us have had jobs working at small restaurants, as cashiers maybe, but how do we transfer those skills into something worth talking about? I don't want a laundry list of all the qualifications. I'm sure you guys are all aware, but tailoring that is something that looks like this. Manage cash registers to handle over 500 orders daily with effective delegation of four team members to improve standards of customer service during high-volume, fast-paced seasonal operations that led to an increase in revenue by 30%. Love the numbers there. Three different, the 500, the four, and the 30%. Where did they find that 30% from? So a lot of times we have trouble coming up with these numbers. I actually had a friend of mine call the previous manager and ask, hey, for someone that was doing this within my role, 
how much of an increase in revenue did you see? And preface it by saying, I'm in college. I need your help with the career fair. Again, utilize that network. We talked about this earlier. They can give you those hard numbers and they will be more than happy to do so. Hope that's given you a view into moving from a high school resume with listed responsibilities into pulling value out of what you actually did and showing that to the recruiter. Let's move on to the expertise and skills section. This is where if you were given a test by the company you're looking to work for, say it's entry-level Spanish, say it's entry-level Java, and you'd feel competent enough to get a passing grade in that, then by all means, put it. And if maybe you're on the lower end of that, maybe don't put proficient, put something like introductory Java, introductory Spanish. If you did really well in that class, and you could do really well on a test designed for that class, semesters after you've taken it, maybe just include proficient. Some skills that I have on my resume are also things, things that everyone should have, Strong written and verbal communications. Make sure you do actually have those things, but those are not hard to develop if you don't have them. Public speaking, project management, which is an actual class that we took. And then some more technical stuff like systems development, SharePoint, VMware, CSS, PHP, some other coding ones. Rashad, what are some skills that you have on yours? Yeah, Alex, I think it kind of parallels with yours where sales, marketing, but I also do have the technical skills that go with it, such as user interface development, SAP BI, SQL. Again, if it's a skill that I can really talk about, I'm going to include it. But if it's not something where I can hold a conversation or actually implement it into that organization, I'm not even going to come close to talking about that subject. Also, prioritize the first skills based on what's most relevant to that position because you want them to see that versus the stuff at the bottom of the list. Rashab, I know you have some more tips here for the expertise section. So to find those top skills, every job listing is going to have those basic qualifications or recommendations that they're looking for in a candidate. Go on a website like wordclouds.com, copy and paste that paragraph description into that little passage. And when it generates, it's going to pop out with some words being emphasized versus some words that are not. Within that resume sections, include those words. Because if it's a computer reading them or even a hiring manager, those words are going to stick out. And again, that's going to get you past the gatekeeper. Good point. And the, and the last bit that you can include on your resume, something very down at the bottom right, italicized, smaller print, quality references furnished upon request. This is just another thing to add to your resume to make it stand out and look very professional. Basically just saying, look, if you need someone to back up my skills, the things I put on my resume, I will provide that to you. One last thing about just building that resume overall is if you guys do have the latest version of Microsoft Word 2016, there is a resume assistant feature that is under the review tab. And once you click on it, you can actually Google people within that industry and it gives you references to go off of. So it's a great little feature to kind of get those inspirational ideas to see what skills are the most prevalent within the same industry you're buying for. Good point. Let's move on to actually utilizing that resume. couple tips real quick. Once you have that resume up to par, up to a standard that you're proud of, within a company, if reach out to someone on maybe LinkedIn or an event on campus, find your recruiter and say, hey, I'm really interested in your company. I want to have the strongest resume possible. Would you mind looking over it? There you're doing two things. You're getting feedback on your resume that's relevant specifically to that position. The second is that this person, it's forcing them to look at your resume without really knowing it. And then once they've done that, you can say, thank you for doing that. Based on what you see, what do you think is maybe the best position I should apply to? I think this is actually how you got your job, right? Yeah, that that was the exact narrative. I was already 
really proud of my resume knowing that I had gotten a lot of feedback prior to asking uh, these two individuals at LinkedIn. Once I had asked, I prefaced the message saying, I'm a graduating senior. I really just want to improve myself. This is my story. This is my brand. This is my resume. What do you guys think? And the email came back, both of those emails shredded, completely tore me apart, and I loved it. It was because of that relationship that I had built that they gave me so much advice and actually tailored my resume so that it exemplified me as a strong candidate for LinkedIn moving forward. Thank you, Super LinkedIn, man. <laughs> a final point is once you've got that resume looking sharp, put it on your LinkedIn, include it in media. And you make sure always send it as a PDF so they're not able to kind of have those edited documents be misconstrued or anything like that. Right, because you can go back and actually look at previous versions of that document. So now remember, this is what worked for us to get past the gatekeeper of top Fortune 500 companies. These would be our recommendations, but make sure your resume reflects who you are what you want to accomplish, and what's your story, and you want to tell it well. As always, a big thank you to all the contributors of the podcast and those that have supported us along the way. We're now up on iTunes as of today. Yeah, the iTunes podcast gods have led us through the shining gates of iTunes heaven, probably in part due to our new amazing cover art by Tian Wang. Email us your questions, or if you want personal help, let us know at prackpassion at gmail.com. Make sure to check us out on social media, especially this week, because up on Twitter and Instagram, we're going to be putting examples of these before and after resumes. And lastly, thank you for listening. The next podcast is going to be on how to best spend your time in college, something a little more subjective, to set you up for success. We're not students who have focused entirely on professionalism and academics in our time at college. Rashad's GPA is not that great. That is not what's entirely just going to make you stand out for these companies, and we want to touch on what can help you stand out. This is Alex. This is Rashav. 